August 18, 2010, it's a Watt from Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show, uh, August 18th, 2010. It's um, Wednesday, Mercoles. Yeah. Brother Matt, how you doing? Excellent, excellent. Welcome back. Good to see you again. Yeah, I'm home for a week. Um, we started off with Baya, something live from Thelonious Monk when he had John Coltrane in the band. I think 59? 1959? Oh. Got my memory. Yes. Yeah, we got the traffic because people are coming home, even though it ain't a weekend. There we go. Uh, and then we heard Million Rainbows by Light. Uh, my brother's in Tokyo. I'm going to be touring with them in October uh, for my third opera hyphenated man. I'm going to go to Ventura and Master tomorrow with John Golden. I've been working with John Golden for uh, since early 80s. Oh, that new alliance and... Brother Matt, I saw a bunch of fences and stuff here. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They're, they're doing construction they at took, Land's End? They took that parking lot at the very end, yeah. and they're turning it into some kind of a park. Nobody knows who. Tiny who, park? Uh, some, I don't know, some little, little tiny park. It's like nobody's going to know it's there. Nobody's going to go there. There's not going to be any place to park if you want to yeah. go there. Nobody knows who's putting this thing together, but... It's going it's forward. Like somebody named so. O'Neill's building it because that's what's on the signs. Yeah. So yeah, they're just. Brother Matt, we got a, a guest, guest uh, today. Oh yeah, I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off there. So it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's another Joan Milky Flores <laughs> part. Uh, we have a guest, Brother Matt, somebody from your old days. Yeah. Welcome. Hey, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you both for having me and for. Uh, Putting up with my getting stuck in traffic. Oh, no problem. Lisa Derrick in the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the radio station? Yeah, back at KXLU days. Yeah, that's right. But I was on the little teeny 10 watt, and you were on the big one. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. So it was a lot of fun at KXLU. A lot of good people came out of there. And uh, Stella's still on the air. Yeah. She's Stella Straight pop. Yeah. Going strong. Definitely. And you're still doing radio. This is an impressive setup you've got here in your... Uh, Massive love pad. Oh, <laughs> love grotto. See on the yeah, it's a overhead grotto. Over. It is definitely. It's a very, very groovy grotto. Yeah, we like it comfortable around here. Oh, it's beyond comfortable. <laughs> Pedro is an awesome place. I have to say, I've been spending some time down here. I saw Watt play at Harold's for the fundraiser to get the bands a PA. I'm going to be out it too. Yeah. I think they used it at a gig last. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, I'm going to be up in Humboldt this week. Otherwise, I'd be down on the 20th to see Sylvia Jancosa play there. So, um, But I'm going up to Humboldt to meet a bunch of growers and talk to them about Prop 19, which is the Legalization of Marijuana Initiative, which is on the ballot coming up in November. And the cool thing about California is you can vote without having to get out of bed. All you have to do is they call it an absentee ballot, which makes it sound like you're a flake and you can't yeah. get there, but it's a mail-in ballot. You can just fill it out, mail it in, and yeah, vote. totally convenient. Totally convenient, and everyone should get registered and vote, whether, you know, just because that way you can, uh, you have a right to complain if you voted. And hopefully this initiative will pass. It'll keep a lot of people out of prison. And uh, You don't think it's important, right, not to vote? I mean, some countries fine you if you don't vote. Well... You should. You have the. We have the option to vote or not vote, and there's times when like, voting no is an option, or not voting, 
to make a statement, but if you vote and you don't make to make a statement, if you don't vote to make a statement, then kind of you're defeating the purpose of democracy. But I don't think you should be fined if you don't vote either. Like, well, if you don't agree with the choices, if you don't agree with the choices, <laughs> then you know, yes and I'm no. I'm just playing advocate here. Yeah, <laughs> you're playing a wicked advocate, Mike Watt. No, I think it's pretty simple. I'm not. Yeah, it's be nice if no. you could vote for nobody because yeah. nobody costs nothing. Yeah. Yeah. This is an option to vote as opposed to just sitting out. Yeah. There, there should be none of the above, I think, would be a good one. A, a vote of no confidence. And they just get different people to choice? go to. There's, I think that's what a write-in is, if you just write in none of the above. But uh, that might, it might be a, a campaign option. Sometimes um, some people register in the other party and vote against the front-runner, mm-hmm. which is a way to subvert the system. Mm-hmm. In a primary election. Strategies. Yes. Strategies, strategies. But I think legalization of marijuana is an important initiative for a lot of different reasons, not just because people like to smoke pot. It'll also keep people out of prison. It'll help cut down on the prison economy that runs California and will help people, you know, th- the three strikes law is a brute. If you have one gram over an ounce, that's a felony strike. So... Fingers crossed. And there's, um, you know, it's not just people who smoke pot that are for the idea of legalization. It's judges, moms, law enforcement officers. There's a big coalition. And um, it's kind of a radical thing. It's also a states' rights issue, states versus federal government. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll definitely see. Worthy cause. I hope so. I hope so. I didn't, I was in... um, Copenhagen. I just got back last night, and I unfortunately didn't have the option to go over to Christian. Have you ever been there, Mike? Oh, yeah. They closed down all that stuff. They closed it down? Uh, yeah, all where they used to smell, uh, sell Mota and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still a working commune. Um, hmm. Is it? I mean, they want the land. <laughs> yeah, it's that big old abandoned air force. So. No. Copenhagen's an island, so it's a finite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I played uh, Roskilde. Uh, that's near there. And uh, I played some in hockey rink last two times mm-hmm. I've been there. You played a lot of islands. Denmark's a good uh, country. Yeah. You played, um, I, st- you, I saw you in Stockholm in the rain, which was... An intense experience. I was at a park. Yeah, that was outdoors in a park in Stockholm, outside of... I played the Globe in there, the big arena. Mm-hmm. Norma Dome, it has a mall in it. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we could. Uh, we drove the boat right in. That's uh. how big this pad was. Wow. But it wasn't big enough for uh, one of the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Read the diary. <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. I hit my head with a tuning key of my bass. It's a tense. I gave myself a divot. And, uh, yeah, that was interesting. That's when I was flying back. I was doing uh, Miss Man gigs and Stooges gigs at the same time and flying back and forth. Wow. Do you, do uh, you Miss Men are right now with Lou Barlow out, I think, Washington, D.C. They're oh, playing cool. tonight. 
and they'll get home the 6th of September. I get home the 4th. Last four Stooges gigs mm. of the year. So Stooges will start touring again in January, the big day out in Australia. Mm-hmm. I heard might be planned. It'll be my third one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting land there. You have been there? No, I haven't. Yeah. I have not Brother been there. It's like summertime down there then, huh? Yeah, January, summer. Yeah. Time and, for the uh, sunblock, definitely. It's like the size of U.S. without Alaska and maybe half the people of Cali. And they're all around the rim, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but the outback's kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people living there. There's mining and stuff. Yes. Uh, and most of it's in the, I don't know, southeast. There's one big west town, Perth. I think it's the most isolated town, big city. Mm-hmm. And into the ocean. And, uh, there's one... A northern town that's not as big as the other five, but uh, it's called Darwin, but it's really by the equator. And, uh, I'd like to visit there one day. Supposedly very tropical. The most north I've been is Brisbane, and that was pretty sweaty. Mm-hmm. Gold Coast. Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. I think Adelaide's the only one that wasn't built with prison labor. Interesting place, so... A lot of good music. A lot of trippy animals that only live there. And there's egg-laying mammals, which are incredible. Platypus. The platypus, the echida, echidna, and the really cute pangolin, which has like spiky little scales. It looks like one of those sow bugs, except it has four legs, and they lay eggs. And it's just, yeah, it's a strange thing what isolation can do. But that's that's what formed Darwin's theory of evolution, is the idea of isolation. Huh. Galapagos. Hey, hey, Brother Twan. What's happening? We're doing a Watt from Pedro show. Welcome aboard. This Hi, is Lisa Derek. I'm Lisa. Nice hey, to meet you. Hey. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah, Pangeo is like when all the continents were connected. Yeah, the mass before and, the drift. Uh, I guess Australia was Plate broke tectonics. off. And the people there, too, I think is the longest. The Abos. Yeah, the longest uh, civilization running. Mm. Uh, pretty amazing people. Uh, very sad history, though, you know, mm. sort of like uh, native people here. Aborigine means uh, first people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Japan, I knew. The OGs. They're all over these. Yeah, the OGs. They, they took blows. Uh, I got to meet some, though. And um, Porn for Pyros that came on stage and played uh, didgeridoos. Oh, cool. You got a bunch of trippies in a bull roar. And uh, art, too. The art's little speckles and yeah. stuff because it's. But that's. Because they're looking down. Yeah, they're walking on the astral. Time. Yeah. Yeah, dream time, astral plane. Interesting folks. Um, I was in. Um, with Stooges did a lot of Scandinavian. I was in Sweden a second time. You, uh, Way Out West Festival. That was an... Oh, my gosh. That and, show was so freaking awesome, what? Uh, that one wasn't raining. No. Sonosphere was raining. And um, JR, I hadn't seen for a few years, this cat from Alabama. You, you know, you don't hear the Alabama yeah. accent so much in western part of 
Sweden. That town, Godberg, is uh, the home of Volvo. Mm. Like Swedish Detroit, I guess. Mm. But a lot of nature. Mm-hmm. So a little was, different. The park was beautiful, and it was the show that I saw you play in there was very because it was a dry show. So it was threatening. The skies are gray. Yeah, but it was just it was a classic Iggy show because he could get out into the crowd. And well, they had a big pit. Yeah. Sometimes divide like the other Swedish show, a big corridor to divide the crowd, so can't move laterally. But this one was like a big pit, so he was like in there by himself. It was very trippy. Uh, next to our dressing room was uh, the singer of the jam. I got to meet him. How well? Very nice man, yeah. I, you know, I saw the uh, whiskey jam gig in, I don't know, 1977. I told him, he goes, is that place still open? I said, yeah, it's pay to play. You know? <laughs> but that was a great gig. But I didn't really know, I didn't see him after, you know, and I didn't keep up with that music. And But I really liked that album when they're in the, the bathroom tiles yeah. behind him and uh, he came out and played and some uh, piano and just singing and all this trippy stuff. It was good. I didn't know any of the song. He played one song from that old song, uh, first album, and he had uh, some. The other guys sing a lot of it. It was trippy. Uh, but all this other stuff I wasn't familiar with. But he did really great, and he was a nice man. He spoke with me and. Uh, Anyway, J.R. was there, a friend of mine. I think he saw me first when he was 16 in Murfreesboro. Some northern Alabama. We went, the, uh, drove up to Tennessee and they got in a wreck. There's car caravan, right? Two cars. So one of the cars gets in a wreck. Two of the guys have to go to the hospital. The other two guys got in the other car and came to the gig. <laughs> and he's spending six months there, six months uh, back home. And he's got a band called uh, Alabamica, a new CD out. So uh, let's listen to some of that.
Holland upper Holland, Kitty is me darling. Holland upper Holland, the Holland. Holland upper Holland, Kitty come from Liverpool. Holland upper Holland, the Holland. Holland upper Holland, so early in the morning. Holland upper Holland. from Pedro Show, you just heard, uh, what's it called, Hall on the Bowline, Bowline really, Bowline. <laughs> Bow constrictor. No, Bow is the front part of a boat. I know that, what? <laughs> and I know that port is left because it has four letters. Right, that's how I remember it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because some, well, some things are spelled like coxswain. Mm-hmm. And Foxel, right? Forecastle, mm-hmm. Foxel. They got changed sailors talking. Mm-hmm. And that was Ronaldo and the lo- Loaf. And uh, Mr. Chris there from Position Normal uh, flowed me that and said this band had the hugest effect on his uh, view of music and how he makes it and all this. And uh, so I thought that was worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspiration it he on YouTube you can see some of their video there's some very disturbing videos these cats made uh, whoa Ronaldo and the loaf Reynaldo yeah. not Ronaldo yeah, so check it out yeah I mean, very bizarre trippy stuff and they had actually they were influenced by the residents and went and came and saw them and got ended up on the label and stuff and trippy before that, we had a cat from San Pedro named Mark Pepper. This is a, a song that least picked up. That Old Black Magic. And then Sylvia Jankos before that would lick my pussy, Eddie Van Halen. I remember she used to do that at gigs uh, when she was playing here in the old days. A uh, Light That Never Comes On by Fucked Up. Damien was at the Oya Festival. So was uh, Happy Tom. There's no more Turbo Negro. They, uh, 
Yeah. I guess Hank the Singer is going to be a movie star or something. Uh. So Happy Tom has a t- uh, like a PBS talk show, and you're a boy who made through through some cancer. He's a great guitarist, and his hero is James Williamson. He got to meet him. Uh. So that was great to see those cat. Uh, and we started off with the uh, first time I went to jail by Alabama for Jr. and. Uh, it was so good to see him. A surprise. You never know on those festivals you run into. A lot of times uh, I don't get around, especially now with my knee like that, I can't, I don't get around. Man, especially airport. That's the place where I got about him the most because I had to, had to, and very slow. Much time. A little buggy for you, huh? No, I didn't want to do that. I don't, <laughs> my leg is already atrophying uh. some, you know? See how much I can pinch there in this one? Uh. It's getting like put. Oh, yeah, See yeah. Uh, no pedals. Atrophying. Yeah, that's a... So I, I want to use it, but I want to heal, too, so I don't uh. want to overuse it. So... I don't do the wheelchair or the buggy thing. In, are you doing? In the are you like clenching and releasing your muscles when you sit? Just sort of like how girls do Kegel exercises. Like, <laughs> is that you know like no, uh, just like you know the main thing is like and stuff. This is walking and stuff, but right. I have to keep it all stiff. So if I'm going to work on it like that, like a therapy thing, mm-hmm. it's uh, just sit on the deck and just try to lift your heel because mm-hmm. that's that's the muscles that you're using. Mm-hmm. See. Right. See that? Yeah. See how that's oh, going? Yeah, I can actually see. Well, this ligament is hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't do it with this one. Yeah. See? But the, yeah. see problem. Yeah. But you you. So when I do gigs, I'm going to be flat-footed. <laughs> it's been five weeks. When I uh, flew over the handlebars six years ago and uh, hurt this arm, these tendons, that was ten weeks. And that was six years ago. When you're less young, you heal slower. There's a tag on him. Yeah. Domo-kun. Yeah. Yeah, Domokun. Domo. Mm-hmm. He lives in a cave. He's, a, he's very popular. My son told me the whole story about him. Yeah. I keep forgetting to look. I have to say, I, I default to Hello Kitty mode. I freaking love Hello <laughs> Kitty. Hello Kitty is so cute. God, I really hate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mindless. The one that I like. Is- <laughs> See, and like, this is like, you call, I called you and I was like, what, what, Mike, what should I bring down? You're like, nothing too merch. I'm like, oh no, that's well, my entire you. collection. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's okay. I mean, the very. I mean, I've got some Madonna I like, on the here. The character I like there is uh, Rirakuma, the relaxed bear. The story is very uh, interesting. It's very mysterious. Uh, he lives in this apartment with the office lady. Uh, he's a, he's a Kirigumi. A Kirigumi is a you know, a cosplay, wear outfits, mm-hmm. and because he's got a zipper in the back. <laughs> but supposedly, the, the creature inside kind of looks like him. <laughs> now he's got a partner, Kori Rakuma, who's got a button sewn on the front, but there's no zipper on the back. And um, 
Then there's a third one, Kiwaitori, which is a little yellow bird. These three <laughs> hang out, you know, and he's kind of the, you know, get to work and clean up and disciplinarian or something. Mm-hmm. Rirak Puma just wants to lay around, you know. But the office lady has a pillow that he's always want to conk on. He eats hot cakes. Actually, the government has done a com- uh, campaign using him on a poster to get people to take some time off oh. and relax, you know, too much intense work. And uh, chill. You can see why the, this lady came up with the concept, or the whole story, the characters. And, uh, yeah, the stress of that society, you know, I can see it. Maybe some over here, too. I need to be like Rivakuma. I'm very busy lately. But uh, this whole thing, you know, uh, of the uh, character inside, you know, when you, some of them, these dolls you can buy, the the zipper actually goes down and there's like some blue and white polka dot thing in there, you know, out pajamas or something, I don't know what the fuck. And the head's a little big, so you can tell like it's fitting over. Maybe it's not, it's just very mysterious. And Kori Rekuma looks like him. But she's uh, smaller, and her head isn't partially bigger. Yeah, but this button's sewn on. That's a trip. She likes to uh, put uh, pull pranks on him and stuff. Uh, she loves listening to music, so she's always putting headphones on him and stuff when he's trying to conk. And uh, there's one great one uh, uh, graphic where uh, you know he's laying there, and she's on on his back, just sprawled out and. Uh, in the neon go, it says, are you comfortable? <laughs> sprawled. All. I mean, totally sprawled. And then the, there's different, uh, uh, you know, I guess like calendars, you know, with the ladies and the bathing suits. Mm. But this is all Rirakuma in different positions of him conked, you know, like drool coming out of the side. You know, for worker bee colony. Uh-huh. Kind of paradigm. I find it interesting. Uh, the Hello Kitty. I, I guess there's a story. She's got an England boyfriend or something. Somebody was trying to tell me, but it's, you know, I don't know that her plot line, but I just think she's so. Before she became so pop culture and so mainstream, and like where you can see her everywhere, she was just so adorable and mysterious. And when I was in Kauai, yeah. Say. In Sweden, I was walking down the side street in Stockholm, and there was a whole store with all this Hello Kitty stuff completely different from what we could get here. And there was, like, Hello Kitty mermaids and things. And she's just... I think one of the reasons she's so iconographic is that we can project our own stuff onto her. Just we look at her and can project onto her. And that's one of... The things about certain characters is that we, cartoon characters are always sort of trapped between a moment that happens and a moment that has happened. Like when Bugs Bunny runs off a cliff and, or the or the coyote, and he looks, he falls. But if mm. you don't look, you could probably get to the other side. Mm. And there's just that moment and that tension. Um, but Hello Kitty is really like. We used to joke um, with Marie Montgomery, who was on KXLU with you, that Hello Kitty looked like the Dalai Lama. She's just so placid. And <laughs> placid. Placid. <laughs> yeah, no, placid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of flaccid, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of characters there. A lot of their marketing, when you get a new drink or something, mm-hmm. they come up with a creature and Not weigh in on this. You know about any of this crap, Twan? No. Right. A little bit about Hello Kitty. I got a bunch of free items once. Oh, yeah, those Hello Kitty from stools. She, from Sheho. She, I had a friend who used to work for Hello Kitty. She worked for like some of the top executives. And the company became like a billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. A billion fucking dollars selling this shit. Yeah. Mind blowing. So she gave me a whole bunch of Hello Kitty chairs, and I just gave them away to kids. Wow. I gave them to one of Bromat's neighbors. I gave one of them anyway. Turned out to be a real freak neighbor, too. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, she grew up. She's a little girl now. She's just completely fucking... A little girl's still cool, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Parents are trippy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what's up with Hyphenated Man? Well, I master tomorrow. You master tomorrow? And how many tracks are on that now? It's one big song. One big song. Yeah, and 30 parts. Uh, Brother Matt, what were you doing when I was gone? I just you been... Going anywhere? No, I'm going to be going to Alaska. Going to Alaska. Yeah, but uh, otherwise it's just been kind of the Pedro deal. I had a month of work that's over now. Now I got another month off. Um, and we had Taste of San Pedro last week. And uh, just what been was that hanging. like? It was kind of typical. Um, same, 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 same deal, same deal. There's gonna be uh, some same Pedro food. band thing. Yeah, coming up in Nick two or three weeks. Tri Tri Art. Yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about that? I Raul. know you're playing on Saturday. Yeah, but it was <laughs> Raul and Kid Kibben got me part of that. Uh, I forgot all about it. it. Was months ago, but it's 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 also with music. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, dance. Dancing. Yeah, yeah. Music down and on dance. between Fifth and Sixth Street, or. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, on the 11th and 12th, September 11th and 12th, September, I think, okay. Saturday, Sunday. With, with Taste of San Pedro, was there food, too? Was oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Was Croatian uh, food and then the Portuguese food? No, it's restaurants. Um, oh, your local restaurants. Yeah, so so a lot of the restaurants, not all of them, like there wasn't um, Ante's or any of the Croatian spots weren't set up. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have a booth, you got to buy tickets and you, you mm-hmm. do a little trade. The coolest thing is a Ferris wheel right on the edge of the cliff. Wow. I didn't get on there this year. Um Usually I, I go with my nephew just to like for cover because I want to get on there. Um, but it's like you're looking spinning right down, looking 200 feet down the cliff. It's really bitching. Wow. You know what's scary about what Ferris wheels is when they're getting people on and off, and you're at the top, and waiting in the thing swinging, swinging. looking down There's on that carny working the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and the wing nuts. <laughs> I you keep know. thinking of that movie, 19, I think it was 1941 with John Belushi. Yeah. And there's a Ferris wheel scene where it pops off the, the, the spindle <laughs> and the fucking thing just rolls. And I envision that fucking Ferris wheel <laughs> that right off the fucking edge of the cliff. Oh, man. Yeah, Ferris wheels are about as thrill ride as I get. I, I went into Tivoli Gardens when um, in Copenhagen, and it was it had been pouring rain the night I got there, so they didn't have the fireworks. And all the rides were shut down, but the streets were just glowing with um, with reflected light. Mm. It was so beautiful. And when I came back, I popped over to Horsens to see you two play, and came back. I watched people ride the rides, and it's just by that time after being in the mosh pit at Iggy and fifty six thousand people at U two, I just didn't need to get re chiropracted mm. on rides. But mm-hmm. they have some really cool like loop de loops and swings and stuff and. I love a good carny ride, as long as the carnies have more teeth than less. You know, <laughs> they get kind of scary sometimes, those mm. carnies, sort of. But Tivoli Gardens is beautiful. Have you ever been in there, Mike? 
Uh, no. No. There's Tivoli's all over. Yeah, There's a club called Tivoli in uh, Utrecht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what inspired uh, Walt Disney to make Disneyland, actually. Uh. He was so blown away by it. And That castle's in Bavaria. Was it Snow White's castle? I mean, Sleeping Beauty castle. Yeah, that's yeah. in Disneyland that they use for motif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in Bavaria. I drove by it once on tour. You're talking about Sweden, right? No, Copenhagen. Copenhagen, Denmark, yeah. So Tivoli was the inspiration for him. No, there's Tivoli's all over the place, though, but that one in particular? Yeah, that specific Tivoli garden. It was built in 1843. It inspired Hans Christian Andersen for the um, Emperor's Garden in The Nightingale's Tale. And then Walt Disney went over and saw it and thought, oh, something like this would be great for Southern California. And um, it's rides and very family-oriented, and there's like a little Chinese area, and there's a little gaming area, and that just, then then we got Disneyland, and now there's Disneylands everywhere, so it's, um, but it was remarkable just to, I was, it was me, three other people, and a security guard in this massive park, and all of a sudden there was classical music, so I went over to where it was, and the water fountains were spraying, and there was a laser show, and smoke, and it was just me watching it. It was a really magical experience. Bitching. Yeah. I felt I the whole trip was really spectacular to see the kinds of stuff that I saw just by happenstance. Mm. Pure happenstance. It's miraculous. You know, I'm it must be what you feel like on a regular basis on tour when you encounter all kinds of strange and beautiful things. Just the the luck of what we do and yeah, I was almost killed on the stage. Yeah. And Finland almost fell on me. A big storm cell came out of nowhere. And we were about to go on, and I was already up there, and that was a nightmare. Yeah. Luckily, this uh, young Finnish security guy came up and got me off. I couldn't get off the stage. Everybody ran, and it was like the trees were sideways. It was tense. Wow. Wrecked the stage. No shit. It was all yeah. buckling, all the stuff. The Motley Crue props were all falling, and yeah, it was pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. The, um, and when I was in Moscow, there's the air was choking enough. So much fires. It was 100 degrees. They're having a heat wave there. Just, I was thinking when that shit, because it blew out in a half hour. It was sunny. The thing uh. was rolling. And I was thinking, man, I just keep going east and get over to Russia because. Those people, but when we were there, there was 800 fires burning. Wow. One guy, my boss, a general of a base, just bailed. 200 planes got burned up. Military thing. Yep. Yeah, was the, the trees that have grown up around Chernobyl are burning, and that's releasing radiation. Oh. And it's, it's a bad scene. And the temperatures dropped a little bit, but they need to get, they need, that thunderstorm that you had, they need a massive amount of rain, and it's pretty, I mean, the world's pretty, pretty messed up environmentally. Um, it's it's painful to see. Yeah, so my point was, like, everything that comes up on touring always really <laughs> special and neat. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Speaking of which, Brother Matt, did you show what, or have you seen that video? taken from the stage at no, I was telling them about it oh it's fucking wicked cool some YouTube video somebody put up they were you know a bunch of people were on stage dancing while you guys were jamming 
the sound quality really is shitty. But could hear you thumping, huh? You thumping, man, just thumping, <laughs> and it's just so fucking hectic. It's somebody with like a camera, mm -hmm. iPhone or something. It just it's just yeah, it's all, really all, all of it. All of a sudden, there's Watts bass, and Iggy comes dancing through the crowd. It's it's. Cool. I don't know yeah, somebody who was up on stage. Probably Shake Appeal. Yeah, yeah, Shake Appeal. Yeah, yeah, Shake Appeal. I don't know what, what the city that was in, but it's really cool. Yeah. It was great to see you up there, Watt. You, and just the, the amount of love that you got. And for me, being in the crowd and walking around, I saw Germs t-shirts. I saw Flipper t-shirts. I saw Black Flag t-shirts in every city I was in. And especially, like, the, to, to realize what how iconic and universal Black Flag's appeal is and how it really, SST resonated with the music that they had on the labels from, from the Minutemen and then what you did with New Alliance onwards. And it's, it really inspired a lot of people to do their own thing and create their own art and move it along. And that's one thing that you're always encouraging people to do, Mike, is to, you know find their dream, chase their dream, and make it happen. Start a band in whatever form that is, whether you're... That was kind of D. Boone's idea, I hmm. Well, you He said one band for every block. <laughs> well, you, you carry that on. And, you know, D, you know you, it's an inspiration for me to see D. Boone's picture on your bass when you're up on stage. That, that means a lot. It means a lot. This one here, I got Ronnie on this mm -hmm. Dan bass. There's going to be a new bass for me. Tell us about it. James Williamson's making me a bass. Cool. Yeah. We're playing Atlantic City next week. Mm hmm. We'll see. I hope it's a good one. I'm going to ask the girl <laughs> questions. What color is it? <laughs> I, I, he asked me what color, and I said, make it like this, you know, the one I play now. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like it, but it's got things. A man named uh, Brian Michael who built his uh, replica of his Leopard Lady one. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour. Uh, a lot from Pedro Show, August 18, 2010. Hold tight for R2. August 18, 2010. It's a second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Watt from Pedro Show started second hour off with Tenko doing Passing Through the Night. I saw some Tenko from a couple months ago, a video in New York City, just alone. And uh, it's not music, she said, you know, it's a performance. And it was really uh, personable, to say the least. Jim Rock told me she makes tofu now, but still making music. Um, unexpected event by Sons and Mothers after that. That's got Masa from Culture Shock, his new band. And then Part-Time Ninja by Cutmaster Kurt. He's got the turntable technique. And we're going to turn that now over to Brother Matt.
Brother Matt, thank you so much. Cool, cool. For another righteous insight. What was on your mind? What was your motivation? It's kind of like just plugging into my head the sounds that I've been hearing the past couple of weeks, past month or so. Yeah? Yeah, went up to King King the other night, checked out Hayoka. That was pretty fun. King King's still uh, happening. Yeah, yeah. Sixth Street, was pretty fun. No, it was on uh, Sunset... The old King King I knew was on uh, La Brea yeah. and the Six. Yeah, it moved. yeah, yeah. It's moved. Wow. Well, that was many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's It was back. just west of uh, La Brea on Sixth Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. They had good sound in there, so that was cool. So wow. here's lots of Hioka and some Vibe Squad and yeah. some other acid crunk stuff. That was beautiful, West Coast man. sounds. Thank you. Sound. Thank you. Nice fat wop. Uh, ladies, now... We got into a little bit when we started the show, but you and Brother Matt uh, were both at KXOU over here at Loyola Marymount. Yes. I, I actually decided when I was told either I had to go to college or get a job to go to Loyola because I loved KXLU. I was listening to it, and I was like, wow, if they have such a cool radio station, there's probably got to be three or four people I can relate to who go to school there. And I was right. I made lifelong friends there. I'm, Matt, who I haven't seen for years. Mm. Um, I met you, Mike, through somebody at Loyola, Maria Montgomery, who I'm still friends with, because her boyfriend at the time was friends with you, and you actually played his graduation party in a, at a house in Lomita in the backyard, the Minutemen did. Was, um, well, uh, Splat, Winger Splat Winger was a DJ. Uh, was he at... He was up there same time. He was up there same time. Yeah, he was. He you would start out on the ten watt, which was the one I was on, and then if you were good enough and could manage your air checks, which was a little too many buttons for me. (laughs) Brain cookies. Uh Yeah. Right was his show. Mm -hmm. Then you could uh, matriculate Mm -hmm. up to where Stella at Stray Pop still is, where Mm -hmm. Brother Matt was, where Maria was, and they'd start you out at a midnight shift, midnight to two once a week, and then eventually you could move into more drive-timey things. And your shows were always a lot of fun. And uh, another like friend of night. ours, Bill Lakoff, was also on the air then. Billy Club. <laughs> I remember the first time I, I uh, met you, about 1982 or 83, Mary Raven had like this organ eaten from a dumpster in a movie. Uh-huh. I was watching a movie. Remember that? Speaking of oh, Splatwinger. Yeah. Yeah, Speaking of disturbing my, videos earlier. Yeah, it was for my filmmaking <laughs> class. We had to make music videos. And I did one to um, to an, uh, to Los Angeles by X. And I made my mom drive me around town. And I had a little video camera. And I just shot whatever yeah. I could. And I had, like, some little girl taking a, taking a pee by a tree and people <laughs> eating out of dumpsters. And then I did one with Splat Winger to Just Like a Woman by uh. Bob Dylan where he changed from from being like, you know, a Pedro guy in his OP t-shirt and a pair of jeans into a woman. And like, he got put on makeup and a dress. And yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. It's when, because it was right when MTV and video started. Yeah, it was old new stuff. That yeah, was a neat class, though. Very exciting. Yeah, filmmaking was great. That was I an extreme one to start things off. Yeah. Brother Matt, you had the Blue Shift show. Yeah, they had Blue Shift, and I was a news director up there for a few years. What was your show? I didn't, my show was just, hi, I'm Mary Raven, because I, being born with the name Lisa in the year I was born, there were hundreds and hundreds of us, and that's why I ended up with my nickname La Lisa, because um, I need, people just started, I was 
law lisa um, because law implies a degree of diva-esqueness, which I supposedly don't have, though other people might differ. But um, So now I'm known as La Lisa, or sometimes Empress, which is a little even wackier. <laughs> so I went from being Mary Raven to... Dowager. Yeah. What, what, what hey, wait a minute, Mark. I am no dowager. I'm, I'm still a couple years younger than you. That's like... Shame. So oh, they said Empress Dowager, isn't that in that? Lady no, da- Dowager Empress is the is like being the Queen Mother. Like you, you were once yeah. the Empress, and now you are no longer because there's a there's a new girl in town. Yeah, and it implies a degree of, of age and, and China so, had the Dowager, and so did the Austrian Empire. But, right. So you mentioned X just a minute ago. You know, uh, John Doe and Xena are playing the Lobster Festival this year. Pedro. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Sunday. Xena actually just released uh, no. a, a movie called um, Bad Day, which was directed by Modi Frank, who did a lot of Black Flag videos. And um, they're doing it a really interesting way of digital downloading. You can pay whatever you want, which is, and instead of like, you want to pay a buck, you pay a buck. You want to pay 20 bucks, you pay 20 bucks. It's a great little 20-minute short, which weirdly stars Kevin Costner as the, oh. t- yeah, as the town drunk. John Doe plays the sinister preacher. It's got a soundtrack with Dave Alvin and DJ Bonebreak. Very, very cool little piece. Oh, cool. Yeah. What kind of music did you play on your radio show? I played... Wow, I played... A lot of new wave. I liked Adam and the Ants, Bow Wow Wow. Um, I played early U2. I played Fairport Convention. Um, there's a couple tunes I really like by them. Um, the Deserter and um, Maddie Graves are two of my favorites. And uh, a band called Horse Lips from Ireland, which they are, and unfortunately I could not find the CD for them, and they might have been a little bit more merch than you guys wanted to hear, but um, they took traditional Celtic folk music and turned it into rock and roll, and along with that they brought in... Big tra- country? <laughs> traditional... Remember them? Folk, yeah. Well, this was very different than big country. They're far more prog rock. They brought in um, traditional folk stories, so they have a whole rock opera based on the Toyn and another based on the Book of Invasions. Plus, one of their albums, Aliens, is about a guy who came over, he was a criminal who came over from America and toured the United States and ended up in Alaska. And uh, they're really, they were a huge influence on me. They were the first band I actually ever toured with. I was over there in 79, I knew the guys, and they were like, well, you're no one's girlfriend, so get in the van. Mm. I was like, cool. And we were up, um, we were up in, right on the border in Dundalk on the 12th of July, which is an orange holiday, a Protestant holiday. But we were on, on the southern side and we'd done the gig and walked over to the car and the tour manager goes, okay, who left the car unlocked? And like, no one. And they all the guys got me behind a truck, and they said, just stay here. The road manager leaned in, like, just his arm, and started to turn the... And I'm like, what's going on? And they go, it's the 12th. We're the biggest band... This was 1979. We're the biggest band in Ireland. We would be a prize. 
if the door's unlocked, we have to take the risk that the car's going to blow up. And I was like, what the f***? So nothing happened, but, I mean, they were, they were really, really serious about this. I mean, this was not, like, just, like, a hazing mm. for, like, the, ha-ha, let's make fun, let's, like, tease the kid. Mm. And out, their hands were shaking, and every, everyone was smoking, even the guys who didn't. They were so wrecked. And that taught me that, you know, stuff is not always, as you saw last, you know, two weeks ago. I played a stage. club in Belfast that was shut down for a couple of years because they found the rocket grenades mm -hmm. in wow. the basement. <laughs> That's, yeah, I am. Um, some stuff has started up with some people there. Yeah, it's, um. Yeah, it's, that march with the orange guys. And, yeah, so that was my first taste of touring. Mm -hmm. But I, I like playing Ireland a lot. Steve McKay's there right now uh, playing with Estelle. Oh. We had a day off once two years ago and uh, uh, this band the young Dublin people took us to a studio above a horse stable and we made an album and one afternoon it's a neat place but yeah that's troubling stuff mm -hmm. uh, about the radio uh, what was your favorite experience what would you recommend to people in college should they take a radio class I think there's I think there's a place for radio still. Um, radio is a way. The college radio allows you a lot more freedom than commercial mm -hmm. radio, and one of the things it taught me was an ability to be a little more coherent and speak more fluently between songs. And also, I picked up the technology stuff. I think that the technology we have today i'm sitting here looking at you guys with like all your knobs and dials and turntables and stuff and you can like rock it out here at home and podcasts are an amazing way to get your message out there and it's a great way to start at the end of the second hour here watch from pedro show august 18 2010 old type for hour three august 18 2010 <laughs> it's the third hour of the watch from pedro show we got Another edition of Pinhead from Asia, segment cool, number cool. seven. Miss Pin, take it away. Awesome. Okay, you're listening to Pinhead from Asia segment again, episode seven, brought to you by the Wolfgang Peter Show. And I'm your host, DJ Pinhead from Taiwan, bringing you super strange sounds of the generation of the youth in Asia. And now for something completely different. It's an old song from 1967 called Night Heron, by legendary Taiwanese folk singer Mr. Ye Ye Chi Tian. Tin 
We just heard this song called "I'm Gong Chuck," translated as "Night Errant." I do want a copy of its um seven-inch version, out of print, of course, and um, it comes out uh, with introduction and lyrics, so you can see um typical Taiwanese folk song that around that time. They're usually um talking about the life of um gamblers and gangsters and outsiders and so forth. Slightly erotic with funny twist. Something somehow slightly reminded me of the Black Mask and Profession and Film Noir and so forth. Okay, next we have um two Taiwanese contemporary girl vocal sweet pop stuff. The first band is called The White Eyes by Mu Yutuan, and the second band is called Shan 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 Shan. Repetition of four words is a weird name, so take it away. White Eyes and Shan 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 Shan. So I was. 
Bloody Dream by the White Eyes by Mu Yueton, and another track called Sweetie by Shan 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 Shan. Repetition of four words, like I said. The English translation of the band will be the Shine 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 Shine. Well, next up、uh, we have our typical routine introducing Japanese underground bands other than Boredom's Ghost, Fujijuja, Shonen Knife, or any other well-known Asian experimental and avant-garde. First, I give you Sodom. The track is called "Breaking Glass." Then you'll be listening to this song called "Wild Child" by another quirky and brilliant Japanese group called Non Band. <laughs>
Okay, something completely different again. I'll give you some friendly, cheesy '80s new wave stuff. Two tracks by Tajimala Hajime from his、um, 1985 release called "Taiyo Sun." The first track is called "Modern Thing," and the other is called "XP41."
Okay, a quick dose of Japanese punk style. Here is "Life Is a Gamble" by the Genbaku Onelis. Something completely serious. Great collaboration between Peter Brosman and Shoji Hanu. Yes, I'm talking about their Funny Rat series. If I'm a DJ host of a different program now, like、um, Peanut from Asia in the Bizarre World or something, I will play Zulu Time by Casper Brosman and Paige Hamilton. You know what I mean? Um,、uh, maybe we should do a Bizarre World episode in the future. We definitely should. Okay, the track is called Snake and Sheep by. Peter Brosman and Shoji Hano.
Thank <laughs> you. 
back to Pinet Foundation. Well, I'm a big fan of this band called Nigen Yusu from Japan. Frankly, I have no idea how you can describe their music because um, they are weird. You can hear the influence of um, doom rock and heavy metal, but they manage to add up some non-musical elements into their songs. For example, they would um, paradise a lot of uh, classical Japanese cultural elements, especially their taste of um, grotesque literature and drama. Occasionally, some ghost tales. Now, I give you um, my favorite song by Nigen Isu, which is um, Kuroneko, Black Cat, probably referring to the Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. And after that, I'll give you another brilliant Nigen Isu song called Imomushi.
song is almost over. Imomushi also refers to a classic tale written by Edogawa Lampo. Imomushi means a tarot bug, a bug that looks like a tarot, a tarot, potato, weird. It's actually、um, referring to a wounded man who lost all his limbs, so he's a bug, not a man anymore. <laughs> weird stories. Um, Kuroneko and Imomushi both by Niken Yusu, referring to old classic horror tales. Hope you enjoyed it, and I think that's a wrap for episode seven. So、uh, see you next time. Oh, by the way, if you like Pinhead from Asia with its very weird song list, preferring low cultural folk song from Taiwan and Japanese group like Nanpen and Zelda and Sadam and Jakadala, Abladako, Madame Edwata, and what else? Hairstylistics. Well, if you prefer what I prefer, I must say you are clearly insane, and someone someday will give you some credit for that. So be patient, people, and please stay tuned. You clearly insane people. I'm DJ Pinhead. We just listened to Pinhead from Asia, episode seven. Bye bye. From Pedro Show, thank you, Miss Pin, for another edition of Pin Information Number Seven. There,、um, Brother Matt,、yeah. like、thank you for your most essential aid in a bet, and Brother Pleasure, Twan,、yeah. thanks、Pleasure. for coming with your insight. Love showing up here, Skipper Love Jeff. Love it. Thanks for stopping yeah. in late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lise, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, the, great for having you again. Thank you so much. Good to、I、see you. Have a board. I'll even bring a burn CD of non-merch stuff next time <laughs> if you if you deign to have me. <laughs> okay, it's August eighteenth, two thousand ten. Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.